My dear friends all around the California, Nevada, Hawaii district, it's good for me to be able to be together with you in this way at least, and, and maybe even to give your pastor a break or just to, to be with you on a, on a time too that uh, can refresh all of us. This uh, message that I have to share with you today is really a message that I got a chance to preach first to a group down in Clovis, at, in Emmanuel and Clovis. And since that time, I've, uh, I've kind of worked with it and refined it and thought about the whole district and our, our special needs, especially during this summer of 2020. It's from a text that many of you know. It's a pop, one of the probably the most popular texts, uh, two of the most popular texts in the book of Jeremiah. It's from Jeremiah 18, verses 1 to 8. It's called At the Potter's House. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned." Thus far, the text. So as we think about our life together and our, our life in this time of, of recovery, return, reassessment, reflection, uh, I want you to do something that's become really important to us. And I'd like to encourage you to listen. Listen carefully and then listen again. Have you ever been through a rather challenging time? A crisis, a disaster, a jarring death, or a loss? Maybe even an extreme, life-altering reality? You know, while our present challenges may not yet qualify for any of these specific definitions, in this spring and summer of 2020, we certainly are treading upon sand that has been freshly raked. And we're making some new tracks wherever we walk. Maybe you have experienced the terrors of death close by or another profound loss. Was it financial? Perhaps even worse. Maybe the loss of a relationship or the destroying of a family has been the lot that you have suffered. Pressures like these bend us. They break us. They threaten, they mar, they blemish our person almost permanently. The writer of our text today, Jeremiah, knew even greater oppression than this. He experienced emotional and community pain, personal fear, and threats on his life. Yes, more than once. His calling was to speak God's word, calling people to repent who were in constant denial and rebellion. He was called to go where God would send and to speak that which God commanded him. Often, he was given to speak the most challenging and unpopular of truths. 
Shortly before the well-known words of today's text, Jeremiah had spoken a virtual gully washer of curses and calls to repent. He had performed acts that were signs to the community and endured threats on his life. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. This was the promise of the God who had called him, the God who calls to you. Jeremiah was beat down by that which he was constrained to share and the reaction of those to whom he shared the message. Emotionally and spiritually, I suppose you could say he was kind of dragging tail. Listen. God had something to show Jeremiah here personally, and he has something to show you and me. Listen carefully. The message is bigger than Jeremiah, and it's bigger than any one of us. Listen again. There is a God behind this message who willingly bathes in the dust, the dirt of his own people's making. Who is this Jeremiah? Well, he's born to a family of a priest, called and sent by God to be a prophet to his people, showing up just a short walk north of Jerusalem. The initial word from the Lord came when he was still a youth, barely having entered manhood. Time seemed relatively good. Josiah, a good king, was on the throne. The temple and worship there had been revived, and there remained a faded but ingrained sense of national pride. However, apathy, shallowness of worship life contributed to the false security which was bolstered by a hollow ritual of temple worship. The nation was stumbling without commitment and depth of faith in their Lord Yahweh. So here, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Listen. Being formed by the former of all things is no small blessing. Later in that same initial episode of the word coming to Jeremiah, his mouth is touched. And it is said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Not unlike Isaiah, the mouth is made holy because the word of God that will spring from those lips will be the, be the design and content of Yahweh himself. And Jeremiah will have no choice but to speak this word over nations and kingdoms. These words will pluck up Break down, destroy, overthrow, build, and plant. It goes without saying that with such a mandate, Jeremiah will not be popular. God's message is overwhelming. The prophecies each pound like a hammer blow on Jeremiah and on the people. The people who hear the message, sadly, they were bemused, sometimes rebellious, and always unyielding. 
This is the personal disease and muck of experience as God's prophet that clings to Jeremiah when he was summoned to attend to the potter in Jeremiah 18. Don't make any mistakes. This is not a parable in the Old Testament. And not only the words to a hymn, but it's rather an interlude of experience given by God himself for Jeremiah to observe and to examine and to visually listen as the sign from God continues and then to listen even more carefully. Arise, comes the word of God. <laughs> what do you think? Was Jeremiah weary? Wouldn't you be? Go down to the potter's house, and I will let you hear my words. Observe with Jeremiah as you walk in the potter's house. Surrounded by space for display of the useful and beautifully intricate works of art that the potter, this creator, this artist has made. Shaped by the spotter under the shade from the heat from the sun. Close at hand is a source of water to aid the potter in the work of forming and shaping the clay as it pleases him. Not to be missed is the scrap heap of discarded refuse, a witness to the imperfection of the medium that the potter uses. And seated in the center of it all is the practical artist at the wheel of his creation. And there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making was marred in his hand. And he reworked it, as seemed good for the potter to do. So what did Jeremiah see? Lumps of clay? Moistened dust, the hands of an artistic former of it all, the evidence of his ability in the backdrop and the potential for disaster lying in the discard pile. Jeremiah saw a practice creator who could take the medium of dust and water and even when it was blemished, marred, and failed, he did not throw it on the heap of refuse, but he kneaded it, worked it, moistened, and reshaped it into yet another creation as seemed best to him. Have you listened? Observed? Now listen carefully. Then the word of the Lord comes. O house of Israel, is this message primarily about Jeremiah? No. It sounds like God has a much bigger picture in mind than just Jeremiah, or me, or you. He's looking at the whole house of Israel at that time, but he's also thinking about the whole house of Israel, which includes you and I, all true believers, for eternity. Look around the room today. Is the word of the Lord being spoken here only about Jeremiah and you? I know you think I can't see you, but stop. Look around. I'm going to wait for you. No, I really mean it. Look around. Have you done it? No. It's not about just you and me. 
It's about the set apart, the called out, the holy and elect people of God. That's all of the people around you. Just look at all the beautifully reshaped, reworked, and intricate pieces formed and reformed by the master artists that are seated today all around you. The word of the Lord, although meant to be seen by Jeremiah and you, is truly about the beloved and the called community of his saints. Can I not do with you as the potter has done? Like the clay in the potter's hand, are you in my hand, declares the potter. That is God's holy desire for his faltering, marred, and blemished community of Israel. He would desire to reform and reshape them as seems best to him. In the words that follow, you and I see the heart of God for the nation of Israel and for his holy church. We also see that God has an eye for all the nations because of his word is not limited just for Israel, just for the church. Our God never lets his gaze waver from all the people, all the people he has formed. God lives and moves, not in the, only in the church, but in the whole world. We see clearly in these verses that even if God would pluck up, break down and destroy the nation to which he has spoken, that that is responded to his word, he would turn and relent from that which he had planned. God is full of mercy. He desires to show mercy. That's what he has done for us once for all on the cross. His mercy continues to flow from that once for all action. The same holy God who called Jeremiah before Jeremiah was formed in the womb is also the artistic former who in his good and holy will would desire not to discard his people, but to call them back by his word. With the kneading of his spirit and the water of life flowing freely from his own source, he would reform his people as it pleases him. He would reform you and me individually and as the community of God together. Have you listened? Have you listened carefully? Please listen again, just one more time. The one who formed Jeremiah in chapter 1, the creative former who would reform the marred vessels as seemed good to him, is the one who lovingly formed mankind from the dust and a breathed life into him. Genesis 2. Our God performs even more. We already know of the imagery of him putting his hands in the muck and dirt to create us. However, these incarnate hands, these creative hands, also sweat drops like blood as he wrestled in prayer with his father over how he would reform all of us. He performs by saving us from the eternal return to the dust of the death, 
taking upon himself the grime and smear of all of our failures, the mars and blemish that would land us on the heap of refuse and dispatches them by his determined crucifixion. Ultimately, his resurrection performance casts us in a new and glorified form made unto his likeness as pleases him. So let me share a brief true story about a young man caught up in the pride and the rebellion of early adulthood, tearfully yet confidently coming to his father, knowingly, knowingly, but with deep repentance, he actually said these words to his dad. Dad, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I don't deserve to be your son. And then with a knowing and a bit mischievous gleam in his eyes, he says, but I know you, Dad. I know you've already forgiven me. The problem is, I just don't know whether I can forgive myself. The father considered his distraught son. The words he shared had been passed down to him by his own reformed father. My son, I think you're missing something. The God who made you hasn't asked you whether you deserved to be forgiven. He lifts your head. He wipes your grime onto himself, and he makes you into something beautiful, working to remake all the things you think you have to fix on your own. He hasn't asked you what you think, son. He is the potter. You and I, we're just clay. Did you listen? Did you listen carefully? Did you listen again? You, you were lovingly shaped for a purpose. His holy will is that his beloved people would be called back by his word. Our God forms, he reforms, and he performs, smeared with the muck of our making and our remaking. He grants us new and glorified form. God's peace be to you. Listen. Listen again. Listen carefully to the merciful words of your former. Amen.